0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: There's some news, and I consider it to be good news, even though I don't relish the idea of a civil war. But apparently a majority of Republicans in a recent poll by the Southern Poverty Law Center, of all people, shows that uh, 53% majority of republicans say that the nation quote seems headed unquote towards another civil war in the future. Hmm. 44% of all americans say the nation is headed to a civil war. I th- I mean it's
0: it's unfortunate that they look at it as civil war because there's another possibility which is an amicable divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason that all of these states need to stay together in one block. There's, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of reasons that they shouldn't.
1: Yeah, and there's no reason it has to come to fisticuffs or gunfire or whatever kind of violence would be involved in uh, in a civil war. Because like you Mm -hmm. said, if you're not getting along, just stop trying. Yeah. Just end it. And that's why I say this is still, even though it sounds really negative, I do see this as a positive because whatever undercurrent of discontent or frustration or anger that people are are feeling that's leading to this, uh, Mm. these impressions that people have, can be channeled in a more productive direction, which is to say, let's get the word out about independence. It's amazing here that seven out of 10, and it doesn't say seven out of 10 Republicans, It just says 7 out of 10, so I presume that means all Americans agree that left-wing politicians are driving economic changes to gain power by replacing more conservative white voters. Hmm. The SPLC said further, quote, what we found was a great deal of hostility for people on the other side of the political aisle. They said a a majority of both Republicans and Democrats believe their political opponents pose a threat to the country and want to harm their political opponents. That kind of animosity... Could fuel partisan violence. You know, it it does
2: seem to sort of be a true statement that they're, um, you know, both or both sides are, you know, they're they're, uh, you know, they're doing they're they're not doing what's in our interest, you know, the people's interest.
1: They're doing what's in their interest, right, right, yeah. in the interest of the state. But the SPLC, surprisingly, they're absolutely right about this. And that is that one side and the other side and we're just talking about the republicans and democrats obviously we acknowledge that there's third parties and other opinions out there Uh, i mean we're libertarians but these political uh, perspectives are rightfully seeing the other side as a threat because that's exactly what they are Mm -hmm. the state is a violent organization its tool is violence that's what it does primarily is it threatens people and it uses violence to get its way here's some more from the splc study where they talked to both democrats and republicans uh about their thoughts on the potential for a civil war among some other topics here and i did once i pulled up their actual uh summary i did find out that the seven out of ten or the nearly seven out of ten as uh, they referred to earlier uh that number of people who believe that like white people are being replaced that whole thing that's actually was seven out, nearly seven out of ten republicans so it wasn't of of all the okay. population so just to clarify that uh the central tenet of the anti-government movement according to the spLC holds that the government has become tyrannical and is therefore the enemy of the people our certainly s- true our survey found widespread agreement with that belief and while faith in many institutions and officials remains high in some cases, they found limited confidence in others. These feelings can be exploited by anti-government extremists to create a political atmosphere where events like the January 6th insurrection are possible. So you can-
0: Have you ever noticed there are no pro-government uh, extremists? <laughs> well, they're all in power. Yeah. No matter how much government you want, you're not an extremist. But yeah. uh, but if you want a reduction in the amount of government, then you're an extremist. It's
1: a good observation. Mm. 49% of Republicans believe that the 2020 election was, quote, fraudulent, rigged, and illegitimate, unquote, and only 36% of the same group says they have even a fair amount of faith in elections officials. Just over half of Republicans believe the January 6th so-called insurrection... Uh, I was uh, mostly made up of Americans, quote, protesting against election fraud and an unfair and illegitimate change in political leadership, unquote, a belief that is highest among Republican men under 50, where 60 percent agree. Those on the right also tend to believe that government is using January 6th, quote, to justify the political persecution of conservative Americans, unquote. Sixty seven percent of Trump voters believe that as compared to 19 percent of Biden voters, the narrative is widely pushed by groups like the Proud Boys and hard-right politicians who referred to those facing criminal charges relating to the insurrection as political prisoners. And I'm not a hard-right anything, but mm-hmm. I absolutely agree that those people on that day were there to simply have an unauthorized tour, uh, it seemed, of that building. Because if they were there to do any sort yeah. of actual uprising, they would have lit the thing on yeah. fire. I, I think it's it.
0: not like I was going to say, it's not like they burned the city down, yeah. this is, which uh, Democrats approve of. This, mm, I, right. think this is, I think that was more <laughs> of
2: a case of, and, and this is not just this specific case, I think this is just a, a, the case of the
1: government always being so overreactive. Peaceful secession is the best possible solution, because one thing that these people are right about, which is to say that the people that, that think there's a civil war coming... They're right that people cannot get along. And they are right Mm. that if you keep trying to force people who will never agree on things, Mm. if you keep trying to force those people to stay together and come to some sort of a living arrangement, it's going to lead to violence. Mm. And I don't want to see violence happen, but I know how the human animal responds to these situations. They've been put, people feel like they've been pushed far enough. And they mm-hmm. continue to feel separated from their fellow man
0: and animals in general. That's how they start a cockfight: is they just shove the two roosters together um, until they get mad,
1: and they don't want to be there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's
2: a there's an expression that's uh, build a fence to keep the peace, effectively between neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is good uh, fences
0: make good neighbors. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. Right. <laughs> uh,
3: Robert Frost, <laughs> that's right.
0: I think.
1: So the solution is, of course, peaceful uh, independence, people, peaceful secession, and I don't see why anyone should oppose this. And that's the thing; it's so, it's so. Well, hard the reason
2: to, to oppose it is in is order, in
1: order to uh, you know use violence against those you, you you oppose, you dislike. Well, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. if you're really into <laughs> using violence against people, you would you would oppose it. Yeah. But a lot of people just oppose it without even thinking. You can't get a good secession poll. Out of the mainstream media, you can't get it out of you know Gallup or any of these organizations. They're just not asking the right questions. Every now and then they'll kind of scrape the surface mm-hmm. of it, but they never really get a solid series of questions. It's usually like a one-off or something like that. And this is going to be a poll that's all about it. That is going to be, I don't know, five or seven or something questions all relating to independence and what people think. So it will be pretty important. It's going to be
2: hard to break that, you know, the brainwashing, the years and years of brainwashing, you know, that, you know, government schools have put young people through for, I don't know, 50 years at least, I think, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, one nation under God. You know, indivisible, oh, yeah. indivisible, right? Uh, Which was much...
0: uh, written, interestingly enough, by a uh, by a socialist. And correct. Back in the day, uh, they used to do the fascist salute when they were doing the pledge of allegiance. I've right. seen that. photographs of it. There was a guy named uh, Rex Curry down in Florida who was uh, all about um, letting people know what the what the pledge of allegiance really is about
1: i love that guy's
2: work yeah, yeah it's it's interesting they couldn't uh as i understand it they couldn't they couldn't basically keep the same um you know symbolism i guess
1: or uh, i don't I don't know what you would call that but that the nazis had and if you find yourself interested in this in this topic of, of peaceful independence then you should start talking about it and i don't just mean call talk radio but that wouldn't uh hurt like That's one of the things Dave Ridley does a lot around here in New Hampshire is he, of he kind of that. makes the rounds. He, he's he got a list of talk radio stations, and it's New Hampshire, so there aren't that many stations and there aren't <laughs> that many live shows. So he doesn't really have that many to call, but he'll call Boston area stations, too. And he'll promote the idea of New Hampshire independence, and he'll talk about like whatever the latest news is uh, around what's happening in New Hampshire with regards to NH exit, for instance. And so he gets the word out in a very effective way. To you know, considering the amount of time that he he spends on it, you get on a talk radio show. Many of which are there's a lot of times on like a local talk show. There's no one on the lines. Like we're a quote unquote national show, and there's not a single person on our phone lines. There has not been for the entire hour. Some people might listen to the show, think, "Oh, you guys never take a call." No, we don't have a call to take. And and that's something that they don't ever want you to admit in talk radio. It's like one of the rules of talk radio is you never talk about how many people are on your phones. And if you find yourself interested in this, in this topic of, of peaceful independence, then you should start talking about it. And I don't just mean call talk radio, but that wouldn't uh, hurt. Like that's one of the things Dave Ridley does a lot around here in New Hampshire is he, of he kind of makes the rounds. He, he's he got a list of talk radio stations and it's New Hampshire. So there aren't that many stations and there aren't <laughs> that many live shows. So he doesn't really have that many to call, but he'll call Boston area stations too. And he'll promote the idea of New Hampshire independence. And he'll talk about like whatever the latest news is uh, around what's happening in New Hampshire with regards to NH exit, for instance. And so he gets the word out in a very effective way to, you know, considering the amount of time that he, he spends on it. You get on a talk radio show, many of which are there's a lot of times on like a local talk show. There's no one on the lines like we're a quote unquote national show. And there's not a single person on our phone lines. There has not been for the entire hour. Some people might listen to the show think, Oh, you guys never take a call. No, we don't have a call to take and and that's something that they don't ever want you to admit in talk radio it's like one of the rules of talk radio is you never talk about how many people are on your phones well <laughs> we're honest on this show if you don't hear us taking a phone call it's probably because there isn't anyone there and you know the interesting thing about that is it's not that there's not a lot of people listening there
2: are, it's just there most are people yeah. most people i think most people are just nervous about calling oh, yeah, talk radio absolutely.
1: I used to be that guy uh, in Florida. I used to be the lone guy with the honk if you hate taxes sign on tax day outside of the post office. And let me tell you, it sucks uh, to be that guy. And I, Yeah. yeah it, you know, I honestly, I never
2: did anything even close to that until I mm-hmm. moved to New Hampshire because it's like... Why? why bother? I mean, it's, it's not worth your time and effort. Well, I, I, I didn't know it wasn't worth and, my time and, and effort. Don't, I
1: had to learn that.
2: I know, I know you did. <laughs> but, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I never did anything, yeah. you know, you know, I guess activism-wise, but mm-hmm. I certainly never held a sign-up in a yeah. town that, you know... like In like, Jersey. Yeah, right? Like, what good is that going to do me? Well, you know... for, for me, anybody.
1: For me, I got excited by the Libertarian Party, uh, their presidential candidate, Harry Brown, in the year 2000, and it launched me into doing activism, and and when you have nothing else, no real hope, as the libertarians outside of New Hampshire have no hope, and they yep. never have. Uh, when you have no hope, the best you can do is try to recruit people, and so that's mm. what I focused on doing, and uh, did a lot of outreach, a lot of uh, you know booths at festivals and and things like that. See, to and, me, that makes sense.
2: If you have you know if you have a minority and you have some place to go like New Hampshire, mm-hmm. but to do that. And in your own state, when you're never going to be able to drum up enough support, that's the thing that I have a hard time understanding.
3: You know, Matthew Santinastaso, the state rep in Ringe, who is pro-independence, who helped sponsor New Hampshire independence legislation.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So he and his uh, eight-year-old daughter have been out putting up
2: uh, Lily Tang Williams signs. Do You know much about her?
1: Oh, yeah. Lily Tang Williams. We've had her on this show, I believe, from maybe the Porcupine Freedom Festival in the past. She is a real go-getter. Uh, she's got a ton of energy. She's a lady from China originally who managed to escape from China and the tyranny that they have over there, escaped to the United States. And uh, they actually interviewed her recently on Free State Live, which is the Monday night show that uh, free staters have been doing in the last roughly half a year and of course she told the detailed uh, her story from you know moving from china to ultimately to colorado and now to new hampshire in the last few years as part of the free state project uh she's uh, she's a real firecracker i guess mm-hmm. is that is it okay to call someone from china a A (laughs) firecracker. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a... She probably wouldn't be offended by that, though. She's really cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I doubt she would be, and I'm pretty sure you didn't mean that in an offensive way. No. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I like her a lot, Dave. uh, Have you had a chance to meet her? Uh, Not exactly. She's running for Congress nobody when you ran against uh sununu in 2020 they completely ignored your campaign mm-hmm. but with bruce fenton he's been getting attention There, are like the media is it, having a
0: pile of money help
1: yeah, well but he hasn't even really spent it yet yeah I'm, that's the thing i'm they, wondering yeah here's a question do do uh
2: politicians run like ads in newspapers and like like i'm maybe. just wondering is there an incentive for people that they know who have money to say good things about them in order to in get their advertising yeah, possibly i'm wondering yeah. if there's a bias going on and that's the you know that's, that's how come we thought, end up yeah. you know with the media speaking well about some people and not so well about other people yeah. and it's like why did you speak poorly about this person and not and, and you only had good things to say about this well, other in person nobody's this case can. they
1: just ignored him completely uh, yeah. in Bruce Fenton's case mm-hmm. they've actually interviewed him they've given him a chance to speak for I himself I was
0: interviewed by by some places the Boston Globe I think true. Uh, but not that, he, not, not that many and not many
1: in New Hampshire either. You actually had more attention from Massachusetts. You had a, a, I think a rock radio station you did an interview on mm-hmm. uh, down in Massachusetts. And, and was that because of the uh, intrigue
2: of your name? That's absolutely and, why it was. Uh, because yeah. because that's yeah. kind of that's kind of a different mm, that's
1: a different piece. That's a different story, right? I'm running in the uh, the state senate race here in the Keene area. And I'm running as a Republican in the Republican primary, and they they primaried me the the second day. So I went in on the first day, and I was the first (laughs) to file, and they had a 56-year-old guy who uh, they had file the next day. I looked at his profile. I didn't recognize him because I've been to some of the Republican events around here. I didn't recognize him, but uh, I guess he works for the government, number one. Of course. And oh, he had uh, an image on his campaign page from when he ran in 2020 for a different seat, ran for state rep, of the uh, one of the write-in candidate yard signs going up against our co-host, Aria Demetso. Oh! <laughs> so he was one of the people that apparently was involved with trying to take down Aria when she was running for sheriff. So, funny. So now he's the one that's running against me in the Republican primary. So some of us won't make it through the primary uh, but others will, and there's actually a lot of uh, Republicans who are actually libertarians, and many of them have been involved with the Republicans for a lot of years, and they've kind of climbed their way through the ranks here. I wouldn't call it an infiltration because they don't hide the fact that... That they are they are libertarian. I mean, how do you
2: hide when they?
1: I mean, when they talk to you? I mean, yeah,
2: yeah this is one of these things where I've, mm-hmm. I've always thought it was it was hilarious that accusation that we hide. Um, there's uh, was the Grand State Pro, uh, progress or? Uh, they put out a report on like who the libertarians are. Yeah, they were out the
1: free right, stateers.
2: right. So like, <laughs> like how do you hide? Like it, it's not most people are not like hiding their
1: views. New Hampshire was the first state. Uh, to pass gay marriage through the legislature. A lot of other states did it through a ballot measure, sure. through voters. New Hampshire did it legislatively, and it wouldn't have happened without Republican support. So you can't really just go off and say you know what okay. a New Hampshire Republican is in the same way that you can't say sure. the same thing about New Hampshire Democrats. I was just listening to uh, Justin O'Donnell, who went to a gun show recently. It just happened, I don't know, last weekend or something here in New Hampshire in the Concord area. And they said it was really interesting because the people at the gun show were arguing about uh, political issues. Like Normally, if you go to a gun show, you expect – like in the South, I used to do outreach booths down there, and we would always do the world's smallest political quiz. Were which, you
0: in the South or in Florida? Well – The South is north of Florida. I've <laughs> heard that argument. Anyway, I was in
1: Florida, and uh, you would expect when you would do the world's smallest political quiz, which is a little quick quiz that you can get to people to find out their political leanings, is that if you're at a gun show, you're going to get conservatives and libertarians. Yeah. And that's how that's the way it was. Uh, But here, they said people were arguing over political issues from a left-right perspective. There were literally Democrats at the gun show Mm -hmm. buying weapons.
3: I just found out that our county commissioners in the Bernalillo County, they want to get after the speeders and the drag racers now, too. So they were on the radio news uh, talking about that, so that... So the county is an area outside of the Albuquerque city limit. So Uh there's a, yeah, so, so it's less busy and there's a lot of roads that are far switches and not too many people. So they've been speeding and drag racing for years, decades. And uh, and it has uh, caused a lot of people uh, to die and cause a lot of accidents and now they want to do something about it and i'm i'm thinking what are they going to do you know because they wow, know
0: what that are they going to do I, they're going to enrich their own uh, their own coffers steal a bunch of money well, you mean give out you know, tickets yeah yeah
3: well i mean what well, i I've, I've been bugging them for years i've been calling them up each one of the county commissioners and and um and I have been telling them to put the speeding cameras. The Would Modal you describe yourself band. as a
1: busybody?
3: <laughs> um, no, no, I I am not a busybody.
1: The tour. Uh, protocol the uh the onion router is what they call it chris and it's been around for a couple of decades how long do you know how long it was prohibited in russia people couldn't even go to the website it actually just got blocked recently oh the web- really
2: yeah so it's the it's to be clear it's it's not the protocol that's blocked it's right. the Tor website and and the reason they block it is to make it difficult for users to download tor
1: could you block the tor protocol
2: Yes, to some degree potentially, but there are um there's going to be a obfuscations right? uh okay. to prevent you from being able to detect the that Tor protocol that it even exists. Um, there's actually um a, a a bunch of different sort of solutions that exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and in like the kind of the most I want to say, uh, so you can use Tor in China then. Yeah. So yeah. the most censorship-resistant solution basically makes it so that you're connecting to a single server somewhere uh, through like a, a relay, mm-hmm. uh, basically um, that is private, effectively. So um, only you have it, and so that it, that makes it much more difficult to block because it normally um, it just looks like a data stream connected to yeah, and, and and if China tries to connect to it, it won't allow. China's government to connect. So mm. it doesn't know that it's it's a Tor relay, whereas it will allow you to connect, but it will
0: only let you connect. Ways to so. get past the great firewall of China.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but Russia prohibited the website itself, meaning that people in Russia. Uh, the Russian Federation and, were unable right. to
2: go to the and Tor website. This certainly isn't the first country that's blocked mm-hmm. the Tor uh, project website.
1: And the idea so, was, well, if we block the website, then we can at least stop the average user from going and downloading right. the Tor browser and trying out
2: Tor. And it, it's, it's kind of humorous because there's just still actually ways to get around that. And one of the ways to get around that is to send an email... Uh, to, I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly where you send it, but it's like some sort of like Gmail address or mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of addresses. And if you send an email to those addresses, you'll get a reply with like an executable or something like that. Or download link or yeah, something. Yeah, download link. Something, something, something that isn't, you know, can't be blocked because you're the only one receiving that link or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Okay. Um, so, and it's going to be on, it's, it's probably going to be on uh, like servers or something that are like, you know, un- they're not going to probably block Google G Drive or something like that, right? After the main domain of piracy-focused anti-censorship, I'm sorry, privacy-focused anti-censorship tool Tor was blocked by Russian authorities last December, digital rights activists stepped in with successful legal challenge. So again, this is, um, they're, they're not really clear about this, but they're, they're talking about the website where you download the Tor uh, browser, not um, not necessarily Tor itself because they, they can't really fully block that. Right. Torproject.org is now unblocked but as part of a new legal process, prosecutors are restating and broadening their case. Tor browser must be banned and deleted from Google Play, they insist. So, I guess that's wow. another way. You know, uh, I guess they're gonna. You could download it from the Tor Project website, but you can't download it from Google Play anymore. So, for your phone, basically, after years of government censorship to suppress dissident and maintain authorized narratives unfiltered internet access in Russia is seen as a threat. Russia's measures include a massive domain name and IP address black, uh, block list governing what services can be legally delivered by ISPs. Yeah, and th- the other thing is they China, uh, Russia has very much China followed in China's footsteps in terms of mm. blocking with VPNs being blocked. A lot of VPNs, if, if, if you're not registered and effectively blocking, your VPN is not blocking. Uh, the sites that the, the Russian government is... Uh, once blocked then your vpn is blocked u.s courts are really corrupt but oh yeah russian courts <laughs> yeah <laughs> we got we they, they got nothing yeah there's there's no comparison
1: yeah and then i pulled up the numbers here i said we just started talking about different r- levels of freedom in different parts of the world and of course Ch- china came up as a comparison right because they have got the firewall the, yeah the great firewall of china uh, where they block access to all kinds of information and, and websites, uh, China ranked in on the Human Freedom Index from the Fraser Institute. Now, Fraser Institute does the Economic Freedom uh, Index of the world, and they do the Human Freedom Index, which looks at both uh, personal and economic freedom together to kind of give you an overall score. Uh, their rankings show China out of 165 ranked nations, China at uh, number 150. So, in the bottom, bottom basically 15, uh, the Russian Federation, a little bit higher up on the list at number 126, and then Ukraine, not that much higher, but still a little bit higher at number 98, so... Ukraine's in the top 100, but it's still in the middle of the pack, so not a a very free place at all. By the way, since we've got the list up here, uh, Switzerland at number one, New Zealand at number two, which is insane, considering the crackdown that they had uh, during COVID, although this is data that's two years old.
0: You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more. All for free at freitagli dot com